0: Rick Madison, Rick and Friends. Thanks for listening, and uh, we have uh, a guest here today that I've I've heard her story, and it was uh, it's a compelling story and really good listening. So um, just buckle up because this is a good one. Uh, welcome to the show, Trish. Hi. So Trish, um, maybe give listeners an overview because here, here's what I know: mm-hmm. um, you were in corporate law. Yes. Then you moved to Kelowna to start an enterprise, Correct. and then COVID happened, mm-hmm. and then you moved away from the enterprise, and now you're back in corporate law. Would Correct. that be... Okay. Yep. So all that being said, let's let's break it down a bit. So give, give listeners an idea. How long did you live? Was it in Calgary that you lived?
1: Yep. I started in Edmonton. So I articled in Edmonton, went to law school there and articled. And then I moved to Calgary. I really wanted to do oil and gas law. So I moved to Calgary and I went to a large international firm at the time, um, now is subsequently significantly larger than it was. And I uh, worked in their oil and gas group doing MA work, so mergers and acquisitions work for oil and gas clients. And I loved it. But I really wanted to go in house. So I went to um, an EMP company, so an exploration and production company. Which was amazing, and I went in to do pure oil and gas work, and it was it was a fantastic experience. I started kind of doing general marketing work and oil and gas in Upper um, and Northern BC, so worked on some big projects in in the north, and then I transitioned into the oil sands business unit, which was a massive construction project with a we had an upgrader, and it's it's really. Really fascinating project. I really enjoyed that, and then I moved up in that world into a management role, and um, and I really enjoyed it. And then I had my little guy, and things changed within the organization. And so I took a, a few extra months on my maternity leave, and I went to back to private practice. Not my thing. Um, fantastic group of people. I really love them. Um, keep in touch, but. Private practice is a very different skill set than what I developed and where I love to be. And so I left there and I went back in-house to a pipeline company, so midstream. Uh, again, uh, construction, massive construction project. Uh, but also did the regulatory and indigenous relations work. So one of the most contentious projects in Canada in the <laughs> contentious practice area. But I loved it. But the culture for me wasn't really what I was looking for. And so my husband and I both were moving towards these big jobs big corporate jobs we have a family Um, we have our little guy together and I have three step kids and we just felt like we weren't leading by example and setting a good sending a good message to our kids about choices in life and so you come home every day and you've worked a 12 or 16 hour day and you get home and you complain and that's all your kids see and then they think they don't have choices in life and everybody has choices and so we just decided that we wanted to try something different so we Sold everything, packed it all up, moved from Calgary where my husband's born and raised. So, like, his whole life, friends, everybody's there, kids, everything. And we moved to Kelowna to open a boxing kickboxing gym. And so, we opened our first one in September of 2018. But,
0: but maybe just back up a yeah. second because you, you were f- your fitness buffs, like, you yeah. love fitness and you oh, love yeah. all, and and so yeah. I think it was, uh, the, the way I heard it, how you mm. first originally came upon it was mm. you tried it and you went, yeah. wait, this is yeah. awesome.
1: Yes, that's exactly. So I, I was actually, so I was a, I coached competitive swimming for a really long time. So I was already a certified coach and I did that. And then I went back and I did my um, personal training certification because I had started at Orange Theory in Calgary while I was on mat leave and I loved it and they asked me to coach so I did my personal training certification so I started doing that and I loved it and then they opened a different set of owners opened a gym right near downtown in Calgary so I would go to the gym and I would coach a 5 a.m. class two days a week. I would coach for two and a half hours and then I would go to my other job for 12 or 14 hours. (laughs) I know because I'm a gym rat and I loved it and then I said to my husband I want to do this like this is something I want to do and he's like well I don't know about orange theory like running on a treadmill and like it was good but really hard on his body and then nine round opened a gym right by our house, like in the neighborhood that we lived just down the street. So he joined there. I did a trial and I was like, this is awesome. Like you feel badass. Can I say that?
0: You can say badass, you... but, but I want to take people through what, what really was compelling about it for you.
1: It's, you know, it was the empowerment of the workout. It's short, it's 30 minutes and there's no class time. So you don't have to sign up. You just go in do your workout, you start whenever there's a space, and then you just do it, and you're out of there in 30 minutes. And for me, with my work, and my life and balance, and I wanted something that was hard, I I like the challenge, Um, but it could also be, you could fit the workout to any fitness level. So you'd see people in there who'd never been in a gym before, and then you have people like myself who've been working out since, I've been in competitive sports since I was nine years old, And you could be working out right beside each other and be inspired both ways. Like I just think it's amazing when people have never been in a gym and are brave enough to take that stuff to come in. And I love that about the workout. It was way more accessible. You needed very little by way of equipment. Um, And it's easier on your body. And it's really full body. So it's not just running on a treadmill where you feel like you're doing lower body and then you're doing weights, you're doing upper body. It's all built in together. And I love that about it. And when my husband tried it, he's like, this is the jam. Like, this is what I want to be doing. Half an hour in and out. And I don't feel like people are looking at me. And, you know, you just do you, which we loved.
0: So I've done a workout and I remember doing everything from box jumps to punching a bag to combinations and... All things like the, the variety, but also the intensity because mm-hmm. the intensity you control. Yep,
1: exactly. And we also had the additional piece with Nine Round as, um, as opposed to some other boxing style gyms where it's a circuit. We held pads, so we would hold pads for members. So you had either have uh, hand pads or a kick shield, just like you would see, or tie pads like you would see in a boxing gym, which people loved. And we had lots of... I think a lot of people came to the gym specifically because of that, because it was such an interactive experience. And like you said, you can control the intensity, but you're also challenged by the trainer as well. And there's a mind-body connection that you don't have with anything else. Um, They use boxing uh, for Parkinson's patients and to um, connect the neural pathways between the mind body connection and, uh, and it's a really amazing thing to experience when you're so exhausted by the time you get to that round and you realize that you can't put three punches together because your brain is like, oh, I don't want to die. And your body is like, I just want to give up. So it's really an incredible experience for people. And, uh, it's fun. It was fun. It was probably the most fun I've ever had in the gym, in all my years of athletics,
0: so you get this this massive connection to the workout, and yep. then you come home, and your husband obviously has that same connection, yep. and you go, okay, now I think we found our path, which yep. is, we want to be in the Okanagan, yep. we want to sell everything, mm-hmm. and then we're going to go all in yep. on this.
1: <laughs> yeah, we sure did. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> which is everyone's dream. Like I mean, mm-hmm. what you're talking about is really fundamentally a lot of people's yeah. going yeah, what would that look like? And yeah. you did that.
1: We did. And it was amazing. And I would never change it. The way it ended, even even with the way that it's ended, that we've had to close them, I wouldn't change it ever. It was an amazing experience. And maybe something like that will happen for us again. But the the people, what I learned about myself, about my relationship with my family and my friends and my being a, a mum and a, and a partner, um, I learned a lot a lot and I think it's made me made me a better person for sure it's made me a better lawyer it's made me a better wife and a better mom because I know what my values are I know what my priorities are and I think I'd lost sight of that doing what I did before and I couldn't set boundaries
0: so let's maybe we'll we'll, we'll start talking about the initial news that you know it was around March 2020 yep. Yep. then middle of March Yep. When did you get the first notification that, you know, COVID had arrived Mm -hmm. and like what, what was the, was it a phone call? Was it a news report? Like how, how did it all break down?
1: Uh, we found out like everybody else, it was, um, the world shutting down. We heard about it on the news and so there was no separate phone call, anything, maybe other businesses had that, but, but not us. We just, um, were watching the news like everybody else and heard that everything was shutting down and then there were publications about um, the mandated closures, the public health orders, and it was so interesting because that day, I think it was March 16th, we um, we were doing really well. We had three gyms, three locations open. We had a manager in each of the locations. We had 25 trainers. We had a really big team of people, um, really great big membership, and uh, and I was just thinking at the time we have you know a, a manager in every location maybe I'll step back and I'll start doing you know go back to practice a little bit part-time um, we had just had a manager's meeting that day and that's when they were hearing those rumors about there being closures and I remember um, having to tell having to tell the managers we have to close tonight you don't even have to clean just close because we don't know how long it's going to be we thought it might be a week mm-hmm. and it ended up being three months and I cried I was so sad. Mm. I was so crushed. It was, you just feel defeated. And like, there's nothing you can do about it. And you feel like you've done something wrong. And there's there's nothing. We didn't do anything. Nothing we could have done uh, would have changed that outcome at the time um, of having to do the closures when it was the right thing to do. I know there are other people who maybe had a different view about our decision to close. Mm. But so... so probably for a bit of context obviously I've said I'm a lawyer so you know there's a little rule following there and it's important you know as a community leader we wanted to be my husband's a health and safety professional so there's no way that we were going to put our family at risk or our members at risk and so it was really important to us to take that step and do what we thought was best as community leaders what we received after that was somewhat disappointing but that's that was the decision then. So it was a very, very hard couple of days. And what we thought, like I said, would be a week was three months.
0: And and if I recall, I mean, and again, uh, the data coming out, we, we didn't really know what we were dealing yep. with. Absolutely. And I think initially, though, a lot of uh, fitness places were quietly open. Uh-huh. And, and I remember that because I tried to get into certain yep. places. Sure. And yeah. I was you know, I was able to get into some, yeah. not all. Yeah. Was there, I mean, obviously you must have had members contacting you constantly, yes. just saying, please open, like, just, yeah. I, I need my mental health. Like, we did. it must have been really gut-wrenching for you because, yeah, you know, fundamentally this is better for your mental health, but.
1: And even physical, like, and I do appreciate all of the things, I really do. Um, but for us, it was about what we felt was the right thing for our membership, our um, our team of like we had to take care of them too, um, and our family, and that, and we felt that that was the right thing to do. And I get that lots and lots of other businesses chose differently, and that I, and there were other ways that we were trying to encourage. We did have online training for members to partake, and I know it's not the same. I do, I, I get that, but um, it's a it's a small space too, and um, and it was it it's it's virulent like people were getting sick and very sick and we knew a lot of people who were very sick others maybe didn't have that in their life and so didn't appreciate how unwell um people were and i was quite i actually ended up catching it mm-hmm. and i was before the vaccine um and i was probably out for a month Um, called the hospital it was horrible I've never been that sick in my whole life so having gone through it as well we did the second closure and the third closure that we were mandated to do as other places didn't and I think some of those decisions thinking we were doing the right thing from a what we felt to be an ethical moral uh, decision for us and community leaders we thought that was right and I think probably didn't help us but I wouldn't again I wouldn't change that either It was what we felt was right
0: now, were you getting? Were you able to access any funds from federal, provincial, anything?
1: Yeah, there was some funding available. Um, it's kind of a stopgap, though, because it's all on the assumption that you're you're able to just like open back up and everything goes back to normal, mm. and that's not how, that's not what happened. It's not what would have happened. Um, people were hesitant to come back at all, particularly in our membership, because you are. In, close quarters. And I say that because the gyms are only 1,300 square feet. Um, We did reduce our capacity from doubling up. So you would have two trainers and two people around. So that's 20 people, let's say, plus people waiting maybe. We reduced that to one person per round or every second round and one trainer. So already that reduced the ability for people to um, freely come when they felt that they wanted to. And We're not we're not a big gym like a world gym where you have all the space and you can spread out. Um, We had to take away trainer led because you couldn't be sweating into somebody's face like Mm -hmm. you get a lot of sweat in the face when people are like panting and blowing sweat in your eyeballs. So so taking that away changed the workout for people. They didn't want to do that anymore. So there were just lots of things that from our business and the business model that we had and the workout and this type of gym. Mm we're just it was just like one thing after another like constantly we couldn't do couldn't make can't make everybody happy and ever but we felt like we could never make anybody happy everybody had a complaint about something
0: so you had 3 months of closure and yep. then i i think it was a staggered opening so yep. maybe you're running it about it sounds to me like about 20% yeah and then and so that stop gap or that gap in funding i guess yeah. Is assuming you're a hundred percent open right. but you're actually only running 20% which is not viable really no. no and and at the time were you paying trainers and and staff
1: we didn't we had to lay off our team during the three months because we had no income that's the other thing lots of other businesses like restaurants for example they could pivot a little bit and they could offer takeout or pick up or whatever yeah and we we did try online but nobody wanted to do it and the thing in that market is We were never meant to be competitive in that market our our workout and the 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 whole premise of the membership is not based on online workouts so you're competing with the three dollars a month or the whatever it is that you can get off the web Mm -hmm. um or free workouts and we're charging for a workout that isn't anything like what people experienced in the gyms and so we may had we had a few people take us up on that but it's not the same so we didn't have the same ability to keep our trainers on, so we had to lay them off. And then some some came back, but many, like, they were amazing people. They had to find other opportunities. And I, my goodness, I would never fault anybody for that. That's what should happen. And so when we hired back, we brought back as many people as we could, but then you have a whole new staff you have to train. So now you have new trainers, and you have existing members who expect the previous trainers, and, right. like, we just never could... We could never catch up. So, so yes, we laid people off. Then we were open again. And then I think it was November-ish, October. We had to close again. That was a month. And then we were open again. And then we had to close again. And by had to, I mean, like I said, we wanted, felt it was right to follow orders. I know that not everyone did, but we did. Um, and, and how so much notice really did hard.
0: you get when, when you oh. had these closures?
1: <sighs> I laugh. It's not funny. Like a day. Or less, it was, okay, as of tomorrow, you're closed indefinitely and we'll tell you when you can open again. Which also, that is impactful to your membership and to us as well when it's open, close, open, close. And so there was never any consistency or um, that feeling of security that you knew that once you started back up, you would get you could to continue to work Build out. momentum. Yeah, yeah, and we paused memberships. Like, we did everything that we felt that we could. We paused. We... We did um, add it on to the end if people had prepaid. We we tried to be as accommodating and fair as we could, and um, yeah, it was it was really challenging.
0: It sounds like a death of a thousand cuts, though. Yeah. Like I mean, honestly, you're you you know you close and you go, okay, so we're going to deal with this, and and we and you have a you know, I I know you as a as a person Mm -hmm. and your husband as a business people and you know savvy business people. Like knowing how, but it seems like you, you kept getting body shot after body shot. And after a while, you know, you have to take a knee going, when did it start to occur to you that this, this may be the end? Like when, when did you start to suspect that this was not going to go well?
1: The second closure was probably a big, like we had the conversation about not reopening and then, and then, you know, that feeling of You don't want to just give up and think think that you didn't try hard enough. That's what what we felt. We had this, like, feeling of, well, we're just giving up too early. And then the third closure happened, and then it was like, okay, well, maybe that wasn't, like, maybe we should have closed then. And then, of course, we open again, and we're like, well, we'll try one more time. (sighs) And then it was, like, a slippery slope of just horribleness. Like, we we hobbled along and hobbled along and hobbled along and tried and tried and we did everything we could to try to bring people back in but um i don't and i don't think at that point it was that people were fearful that we wouldn't that we would be opening and closing it was more that they'd found by that point 2 years later people had found other alternatives they either were working out at home because they built big Big home gyms, Lots of people did that, right? You would have Mm -hmm. seen that during COVID. It was impossible to find free weights or treadmills or bikes or whatever. Um, Or they worked out outside or they found a big box gym. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, just a bigger space where they felt more comfortable because they could be farther away from other people, which I appreciate as well. Um, Or they just stopped working out and found maybe they walked or whatever it is. But I think a lot of people... um, I know there's a lot of talk about mental health and it's hugely important, and I know that, but not everybody uses fitness from a mental health perspective, so you're still drawing on the same group of people. You're not getting more people in the gym because they associate um, physical health with mental health. You still have a number of people who just um, know they should work out but don't really want to put in the efforts. There's a very small group of people still to draw from, and especially with the type of workout we had, Mm -hmm. you very much have to you have to try it and you have to fall in love with it and you have to fall in love with the people. And that's a very hard hurdle to come overcome when the, when the model is based on a price point that people now after COVID haven't had jobs, have had struggles with uh, increases of, of fuel costs and food costs and all these other things. And the first thing that they're going to cut is fitness. People don't cut eating out because it's social mm-hmm. and, Fitness isn't social for lots of people, and I again I appreciate that. But I didn't, um, I didn't think we'd have such a an uphill battle after that.
0: Wow. Okay, so uh, let's take a quick break there, and uh, let's thank our sponsors, uh, D6 Print Studio, large format printers. You can get anything and everything. What does D6 stand for? I get that asked a lot. Damn good. Uh, devastatingly good. It's D6 Print Studios, large format. Again, do anything you want. Turn it around pretty quick too. Uh, Pereira, they sell engagement rings. Really, really nice ones. They have a wedding band event coming up in March. Check out for that. They sell to Corey, a whole bunch of sparkly things. Uh, That's at Pereira.com. And of course, Kelowna Now. News all the time whenever you want it, even when you don't. Well, actually, you probably want news. Uh, KelownaNow.com. Back in a minute with more Trish. Okay, we're back with Trish. And the only reason I'm calling her Trish is not because we're trying to protect her last name. It's just because I have no idea how to pronounce it. Zanowski
1: <laughs> Yeah, close. It's Shinovsky.
0: Shinovsky. Yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, so, Trish, this is all, like, the part that's bugging me is again, is the aftermath is, you know, a lot of these stories mm-hmm. are, have happened to other people. Mm-hmm. And and I'm so glad you had the courage to sell, to really retell the story, because it's, it's not a fun story to retell. And, and again, it's a story that's played out across Canada, across mm-hmm. the US, across different countries of, and I felt like the fitness industry was unfairly targeted. And and again, I'm not blaming one person or mm. a government, but I'm just saying this happened to you mm-hmm. and I I heard these last minute closures. Mm-hmm. I heard about these things and I thought that's devastating to mm-hmm. a company that really wants to plan, mm-hmm. wants to be mindful of members, mm-hmm. wants to be good to people, to mm-hmm. their staff, to, yeah. to people and, and restaurants. I mean, as you know, Jen works at the food bank and restaurants that gear up for an opening, and then have to close right away. Well, they've ordered all this food. So, and and then I think it was the last public health order that gyms were on that. And I think that was kind of the final straw for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I think (laughs) Dr. Henry might have heard an earful about people just saying, like, listen, I need need the gym. Thank you for keeping the liquor stores open. Thank you for keeping the cannabis open. But... (laughs) i just want to work out so and and for someone like you that's a fitness buff like that that would have been the gut-wrenching part for sure
1: yeah that that was that was particularly hard Uh, the the first one i could appreciate for lots of reasons there was nobody knew what was happening and you don't want to create these like super spreader events basically um and because you're they didn't know how it was transmitted and you know, from a, from a health perspective when it's um, airborne and you're breathing it in, how, how ill you can, can be. And the second one being in cold and flu season, again, I kind of could understand a little bit and we, were, we didn't have the, um, there were all these additional variants, right? And the third one did feel a little bit particular to our industry.
0: That's, That's your diplomacy is not lost on me.
1: <laughs> it was very difficult. Um, and and I think the challenging part or one of the most challenging parts was that the I'll call them the rules or the guidelines were very unclear. So or they were contradictory, I guess mm-hmm. is a better word. They were clear, but they were contradictory. So as in um, relatively intelligent people, my husband and I were challenged by trying to um Understand why we could do one thing but we couldn't do another or, you know, from that perspective, you know, for example, uh, members had to wear a mask coming into the gym but then they could take it off for the workout. Seemed a little bit odd to us but again, like, we did have public health officials coming in and checking so it wasn't like this was completely un... I mean, in large part, I think people felt that it was largely unpoliced for lack of a better term Mm. but there were people, there were... and there were public complaints which is why health authorities so somebody complained and then a public health official would show up um and check and make sure we were following all the rules like we were supposed to so there were some funny things like that um that were hard to like like hard to process in our minds and Mm -hmm. and still comply because we couldn't afford to get fined either and i I know that there are lots of other organizations that fought those fines, whether they were successful or not. Um, I didn't want to be in that position. We were already you're trying to keep every penny for keeping your gym open and to pay your trainers and I didn't want to go down that path and um, and maybe that's not the right way to think about it, but that's kind of where we were at as we were just trying to be the best that we could be with what we had available to us
0: now. I'll, I'll suggest that if I was in that same position, I would probably have a bit of bitterness just Mm -hmm. based on the fact that the way it all comes out. And again, I, I don't want to talk about the initial few months. Mm -hmm. I agree. There was, there was just, you know, a lot of things were up in the air. Mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of us were wondering, what did the other side of this going to look like? Mm-hmm. Will we get through this? Is, is this, you know, are we, we going to run out of ventilators? Like there was all this talk. Yep. And then, but you were one of the casualties of of what I would think is at times, there, there didn't see any, in, anybody from the government side saying, wait a second, we are unfairly being punitive mm-hmm. to various sectors of our economy. Mm-hmm. And restaurants... Of course. Gyms were another one. Mm -hmm. Like they were just, it seemed to be just the focus was placed squarely on your shoulders. Yeah. And I felt like if anything, um, you know, and, and again, I'm not, (laughs) there were so many conspiracies out there. Well, they don't want us working out and they don't want us to be fit. I don't think that was it. I just feel like it was, there was a lack of, of sound judgment at key times. And, and it felt like Mm. there was time and time again, that every time I heard about another closure without any due process of warning or anything else, I just thought, how do, how do, how do people bounce back from this? And it seemed yeah. like, again, you were one of those, those casualties, which is so sad because it was such a great concept with multiple locations mm-hmm. and lots yeah. of employees.
1: Yeah, it was, it, it, it was devastating. It was devastating but I refuse to see it as a failure in any way there's I don't like maybe I'm sure there's many other decisions we could have made maybe we could have prolonged it I think the end result would probably have still been the same i think back to it and and I while I appreciate the comment about it feeling like um maybe decision makers that there was poor decision making i somehow i sometimes feel a little bit like our voice maybe, our voice maybe wasn't heard, or there was a, there's not a fulsome understanding of, I don't think the fitness industry in general, to be perfectly frank, and if you're not, if it's not part of your life or your daily routine, I think it's very easy for people to overlook. The restaurants one is a part of people's daily routine, so that one was a little bit more challenging for me, um, in some respect, because I think, um, the The rules or the guidelines that they had in place were, again, kind of bizarre. Like you could eat at your table, obviously with your mask off, so you're obviously breathing the same air. And it's not as if these partitions were really keeping things out. It's error born, but, um, but there were other ways that, and I know that the restaurant industry has been similarly decimated, like the studio. And I think it's Studio Fitness, not Big Fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have deeper pockets to be able to pallet some of these. Um, unforeseen circumstances in a different way, and they spread them spread them across different um, locations. But um, and their model is different because they have a very a lower cost model, so you have you attract more people, and you hope they don't show up at the gym, so you have lower capacity levels. That's not what our model was. We just, you know, it's more personal group personal training, so it attracts a higher rate because you have a higher um, interactive touch points with a trainer. And, um, and we, I don't want to say expect, but we would want a hundred percent of the people who sign up to be in the gym. That's what makes a good gym mm-hmm. for um, energy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and I, so I think, um, I think some of the decisions that were made maybe were because the fitness industry didn't have a voice at the table or the people who were making the decisions might not have really fully un- understood or appreciated what some of, well, smaller restaurants Bigger restaurants, other you know, in groups, are the ones that have survived. It's the small business owners. So, smaller fitness centers, smaller restaurants that um, didn't didn't have a way to express the challenges that they were facing. And if you and if you're not aware, don't know, don't know the ins and outs of those industries. You you might not know. And I appreciate that. Um, And that's why you have advisors and and all of these other things. But the challenge is it's sometimes the biggest voice or the loudest, the squeakiest wheel. And we weren't that wheel because all we did was put our heads down and try to make it work. So we weren't spending all our time trying to lobby. We were spending all our time just trying to survive.
0: And... You know, that that to me is uh, interesting because, again, given your background. Yeah,
1: I know. You would think. Honestly, like as a lawyer, I think that's what lots of people thought. But I I didn't have that kind of fight in me. I was Mm -hmm. fighting for my business. I was fighting as a lawyer. And I would have had I had the money. Again, like any small business owner, I would pay somebody else to do it. But I didn't have the time. I don't have any more hours in my day. Mm. As an entrepreneur, that's the other thing. You think you're leaving these big corporate jobs and you're going to work less? And I, oh, yeah. Well, that doesn't happen. And yes, you're your own boss in some regard, but like you can never go on holidays. You can never. There's it. It's a very different um, environment and work. And and I and again, I loved it. And I would. I don't. Um, wouldn't change it. But I didn't have any more bandwidth to give to anything else. I. Right. It was a. It was a, the hardest time in our personal lives, in our marriage, in our, with our family and friends. And you just become more and more isolated. Um, and so I didn't have that in me to fight for everybody else when I could barely fight for myself.
0: Lessons learned as you... Because mm-hmm. now we've had a chance to kind of look back, have some perspective. Yeah. You said, you know, having come through that, mm-hmm. I'm better mom better wife, better spouse. Like tell me, tell tell me about some of those lessons because obviously I, I think certain people came out of it differently. Uh, some still have the scars, still have the bitterness. Uh, you don't strike me as that person because again, you have this, this career to fall back on, which is, you know, I, I think profoundly amazing. Yeah. But on the other end, you know, clearly you've learned some, some lessons along the way. Yeah. And well, used it.
1: I hope so. I mean, I just sort of feel like at this point, the one thing I don't want to live my life with is regret. I, that's just something I, I don't want to do. And um, this is a, it is a massive financial hit. And I mean, um, yes, I have a great career. but This is not, um, I wouldn't say it's not impactful to us, and there's a whole lot of personal fallout from a financial perspective that comes with this. Even though I do have another career, I just sort of think I have my health, I have my family, I have people who love me and who I love, and I, I learned a lot about resiliency, I learned, I learned a lot about decision making and values and priorities and communication that I thought I knew well and I thought I did well until you go through something like that. Um, I learned a lot about how, I learned a lot about people. I have had managed teams before, but what I learned in being, and the legal profession is a service industry just like fitness or any other service. It's just a professional service. So people seem to treat other um, professionals with a different degree, of with a degree of deference that although not deserved, uh, is not afforded to people in the fitness industry. So what I realized is the way that people spoke to me and to my husband for doing what we do and assuming that we had no education or anything else we could do in our lives, um, what they take out on you um, is more telling of their story than it is of mine. And so I learned a lot about how people react to times of stress and that it wasn't i couldn't wear it and i and i don't want to take that as a go forward thing and own everybody else's problems their um, their people's reaction to you is an indicator of their character and their story and and not yours and what shows my strength is how i respond and that takes a lot of energy and and I learned a lot about how, how tempered you can be and how, um, and patience and all of those attributes that I, you pay lip service to, I think, a lot in your life until you're actually forced to use them and exercise them. And, um, I learned that I could be a lot stronger than I thought and that positivity and, um, and a, and a more open outlook and appreciating and understanding that the reason that people are taking things out on you really has nothing nothing to do with you. Um, I will take that away forever and it changes your mindset. It changes your approach. Um, and and money is money. And I get it. You need it. You need it to live. You do. Um, but I have lots of other things going on in my life. And we had so many other experiences over this past couple of years with friends being diagnosed with cancer and all sorts of other horrible things that you really appreciate and understand what's important and so yes it sucked and 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 I do feel like sometimes you feel like you failed but in those moments I just I just think back and say look like this is this is not a failure this is a chance and an opportunity to grow and be better and that's what I want to do, and I want to show my son that, and I, I will not let him think that there was anything wrong with trying, and it was really funny when we closed, it wasn't, it's not funny, but so we closed the gyms, we have to go in and like paint the space, right? Because we have to take all this stuff out, which is a really horrible, it takes you like four months to build out and it takes you two days to tear it down. Which is like, oh. the, just a, like a horrible experience. Anyway, so my little guy, he's like, he says, he's, we're driving in the Jeep and, and he says, he says to his dad, he's like, so, cause I was already working at the time and Dee was wrapping up the stuff at the gym and he says, so, so daddy, um, what are you going to do now? And he's like, well, I don't know. He's like, Dada, it's so exciting. You could be a police officer. You could be... And we, were, we were like, this is amazing. I, that's what I want him to see out of yes. this, is all the exciting things that he can do. So then he, we drive by McDonald's, and he's like, Dada, look, they're hiring. And and Dee's like, oh, that's awesome, buddy. Thanks for looking over me. He's like, no problem. So I'm very proud of that, that he doesn't think that we failed and that we are still in his eyes, we're, we're it like, yeah. and I love that. And I want him to take that away. And if we'd have taken, if I, if I feel and show resentment for that experience, that's what he's going to learn. Mm-hmm. That's what he's going to take in life. And that's what he's going to feel defeated and that everything happens to him and that he has no choice and that he has no ability to move on and, and build that resiliency, which he needs to learn. And so that little face looking at me every day, makes me very conscious of how I present myself mm-hmm. to him and you have to change your mindset because you can't just put that facade on at some point it's going to sneak out so you actually have to <laughs> think <laughs> sure. okay what do I take from this that's positive and and that's what we're doing and and don't I don't I don't want anyone to ever think this is not a financial impact to us because it is it it's awful yeah. the whole experience of it's awful um I've always been very fiscally conservative, so going through this process, and um, you know, you have all the loans and all those other things and the process that comes through that, it's not pleasant. And the way people treat you is unpleasant. And all we're trying to do is do right by our obligations and the people in our lives, and we're trying. And that's the best we can do. And right. I hope that's telling of our character. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I have to say as as a parent too, uh, I mean that those words hit me too because you know you have to look at your at your children and and be that reflection yeah. uh to them and I I completely understand mm-hmm. and and feel for you because I I mean I I love that though. Like dad, McDonald's is hiring. And they're awesome. It, Their burgers it, are amazing. Right. Like,
1: <laughs> it was like the most heartwarming moment and we just looked at each other and you're like, "Yeah, you're right." Mm-hmm. Like we will be fine and we will figure it out and and yeah he doesn't know any different he doesn't and he grew up in the gym he was in a box in the back when we were doing he's playing in there with his cars members know him they know our family and and so I think that was honestly I think looking back there's lots of things that were hard but it was some of the negativity that we received and why we made the decisions we made and having to justify feeling like we had to justify Mm. was really hard um like the the emails, some really horrible emails and again i get it um from the perspective of it's really more that people were upset and they're taking it out on somebody else because it's easier and it's easy to be a keyboard warrior when there's a face behind it it's much harder when you know when you have that um but people forget that that there's humans behind these businesses so that's one thing I would hope for people is maybe if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything.
0: Mm-hmm. No.
1: It, it was, it's not a fun experience. And, and I think lots of people like ourselves, small business owners put on a brave face because they don't want to have to wear that every day and be asked. It's not pleasant. You, you think about it enough every day and then to have somebody comment on it in a less than positive manner, less than supportive is just really hard. And
0: when you drive by the locations mm-hmm. do you glance over or do nope. you turn away or nope yeah
1: no i uh i don't feel i don't i not want to say it's a closed chapter but i've taken what i've learned from it and i'm still dealing with other pieces of fallout but um no i don't that's that's not i'm not ready for that i guess i uh and i had to find a new gym so like things like that that are different for me mm-hmm. um but having said that one of the Things that, again, I will take as a positive. Um, I go to the gym now, and I don't feel like everybody's... Like, when you own a gym, and you work out with your members, there's this a little bit of feeling like you really have to do, have a good workout and do a good job, because people are watching. <laughs> and now, when I go to the gym, I can, I'm anonymous. Right. And nobody, nobody talks to me, and I can have a bad workout, and I don't feel bad about it. That's a hard thing because it's like a performance. I bet you uh, probably like, not that I, I would equate myself to a professional athlete, but people are watching you in a different way. Yeah, And so that's, I'm trying to take that as a positive and build my own little like world in a different way now because it doesn't involve what I spent four or five, five years doing. It's,
0: yeah. it's a change. Well, I would imagine when you worked out in nine round, yeah. people were watching you because you're yeah. You're the owner, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's just different. And so I would go from my job all day being on in meetings to then going to the gym and being on as an owner and boss, right? I'm either, really, I'm either paying people to be there, my mm-hmm. team, or people are paying us to be there. So it's just a very different environment. Um, and, I, and I did. I loved it, but I have to shift the way that I think about my workouts and I have to shift the way that I think about what that space looks like for me. Um because otherwise it's just, it's way too easy, it's way too easy to slide down that slope of resentment and hate and anger, mm-hmm. and I just, some days I feel like I just want to have a little pity party and wallow and crawl under my desk and cry, and then I think, nope, not today, my friends. <laughs> so that's kind of, yeah, that's how I have to do it, and you have to have humor about it too, like there's lots of funny not funny things and if i don't laugh about them i literally will crawl under my desk and cry so i just i don't want to do it so i choose every day to be positive and happy and grateful for my life and the opportunities that i have because we do
0: i gotta tell you you've uh you're a better person than i i would be better (laughs) (laughs) but but good on you no i i i you know, you're a good human and, uh, I wish you the best. Cause honestly, this is, uh, thank you, uh, thank you for telling the story because yeah. I mean, story that needs to be told. And I know that uh, again, it's been told by, it's been, uh, unfortunately it's, it's a story that's been, been seen mm-hmm. and, uh, and this is some of the fallout. So yeah. thanks for, uh, for coming on. I really do appreciate it.
1: Well, thanks for having me.